Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. Sports betting season is in full force. NHL and NBA playoffs, we enjoyed those. And now football season is here. You need a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS. You may already know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sportsbook industry for almost three decades, thriving and paying their loyal customer base. That is BetUS.com, and they have loads of bonuses. Join now or call 800-69-BETUS. That is 800-MYBETUS. US, you can receive a 125% sign-up bonus by using the bonus code SST125. That's SST125. They have re-up and referral bonuses also. BetUS is known as America's favorite sports book for a lot of reasons. No matter what the season, BetUS has all the games, NBA, NHL, team, player props, loads of NFL and college plays, whether futures or individual game odds. You can bet UFC matches and props, PGA golf, Golf and round matchups and live betting on most sports, including golf. The online casino has hundreds of games, and the race book has all your horse tracks. They have every bet type imaginable, and the Sharp BetUS mobile platform is easy with full betting options. Follow my lead and partner with a sports betting company with integrity and longevity like I did. BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS. In the South, it's always college football season. And the king of college football reigns supreme all year long. Now more college football talk with the king of college football. It's the Chuck Oliver Show on Southern Sports Today. Chuck Oliver Show continuing on a Monday. Appreciate everybody getting in here for your college football conversation today. It was... A brutal weekend in some locales. In others, it was a time to celebrate. Uh, You saw teams getting bowl eligible for real and official. Uh, Tennessee, for instance, we knew that they were going to get, we suspected that they were going to get for real and official bowl eligible, and they did. Tennessee beat South Alabama over the weekend. Uh, Arkansas, do you remember it was, gosh, it might be three weeks ago? That he looked at, it might have been just two, where Sam Pittman after is like, Coach, uh, talk about the win. And he big exhale, and always like, we're going to some bowl. He's like, I don't know which one, some bowl. Well, Arkansas is up to seven wins now. And so it goes from some bowl to, I don't know, instead of Memphis, Nashville. Instead of Nashville, Jacksonville. Instead of Jacksonville, Tampa, Orlando. You just keep trading up. Like Ole Miss? Oh, no, let me take that back. I, I just singled out Ole Miss. 
Ole Miss and Mississippi State? All right. Now we're talking. Egg Bowl. And it is probably 85% spoiler, you know, for Mississippi State to keep Ole Miss completely out of all conversations, not for the playoffs, but for the really good bowls. Uh, If Alabama, am I right about this? Let's say Alabama beats Georgia, and I don't believe they will. Ole Miss could go to the Sugar Bowl. Is that right? They could. Yeah, I mean, that's very much a possibility if both teams get in, yes. Yeah, I don't think Alabama's going to beat Georgia. So, uh, But Ole Miss, you've got plenty out there in the Egg Bowl. I think it's kind of awesome when it's got something on it that may extend the interest just beyond the state limits, and that's just kind of what it is. There are rivalries that do that. Uh, the Iron Bowl, Georgia-Florida at some point did. Uh, Michigan and Ohio, whoo, gimme, 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 gimme this weekend. Can't wait to get it. Um, that is a right, like the Civil War. There are people listening who have no idea what I'm talking about. There are some, oh, wait a minute, I know that, I know that, I know that, but they can't come up with it. And then there are some people like David, our engineers, going, yes, yeah, Oregon, Oregon State, dude. Um, it does not extend beyond the borders. Speaking of not extending beyond the borders uh, of maybe the Pac-12 conference, it was all it was always just a sort of a hollow threat. Now it's not even a bluff. George Klyavkov and the Pac. We don't know if we want to vote for expanded playoffs. Uh huh. Well, you're out now again. Oregon got hammered. We talked about that. I said on this show, I was like, folks, I don't know that they're going to win this weekend much less than the Pac-12 championship game. So your Pac-12 champion will have at least two losses. I think they may have three. So you're out. And so this threat of, we may not vote to expand the playoffs. We don't know. Maybe we'll keep it at four. Yeah, you you do that, Pac-12. You now have had one playoff qualifier over the last seven seasons. And your threat is to keep it at four? You should be picketing outside Greg Sankey's office saying, we demand 12. We demand, the, what is it, the fight for 15? Isn't that the minimum wage thing? <laughs> the fight for 15. We want 15 team playoffs. So that's that. just notes from the weekend. Um, there's others as well. Dan Mullen obviously fired. We will talk about that. We got uh, Travis Spivey coming up, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. Um I'm seeing Andrew Spivey coming up. Um, Travis Spivey's a quarterback. Um, C.J. Stroud's emerged as the Heisman favorite, and that kid is unbelievable. Boy, they got on Michigan State in a minute. Kenneth Walker, non-factor in that game because they were down. So uh, Eli Ricks is in the transfer portal. Um, anything? Oh, yeah, as soon as Dan Mullen got fired, the number 16 overall recruit in America, Jaheim Singletary, cornerback, decided, I'm going to go play for Kirby. Uh, UMass has hired a coach. Troy fired Chip Lindsey. So there's just a lot going on, and I gave you some of it. We're going to break. We'll come back talk about more of it next. The king of college football, no matter where you go, with a new Southern Sports Today app. Catch the best college football conversation in the South everywhere with the SST live stream and daily podcast. Downloaded now at the App Store and the Google Play Store. Now more of the best college football talk in the country. It's the Chuck Oliver Show. 
The Florida Gators already had an interim D.C. Now they got an interim head coach. And if I could speak to Ron in Gainesville, if I could speak directly to every member of the Gators coaching staff, and I'm not trying, I'm not being flippant about somebody's employment status, like everybody there except for one guy, and I don't know who that's going to be. Everybody on that staff except for one, you're all interim. Now, I say except for one, that's a normal case. Normally, you're going to have somebody like Odell that kind of comes with the program. Um, that was Rodney Garner at Auburn for a minute, people thought, but Brian Harson said no. But you're normally going to keep at least one guy from the previous staff to sort of maneuver through your first year. Hey, this administrator, this, and how do I get this done? And what about this kid? Um, but everybody else is done, and uh, they still got to beat Florida State. And actually, Florida and Florida State is for a bowl bid, or at least to get to six wins. I want to welcome on now from GatorCountry.com. It is Andrew Spivey. Andrew, how are you today? I'm good. You know, just dealing with the uh, third coaching search in the last 10 years. Exactly. Um, how did this uh, – I guess fourth if we mm, will. But yeah. Um, how did this get so real so quickly? Because we were just dealing with interim coordinators, and now it, it looks like it could be a clean sweep. Was it just Saturday? Uh, no. I mean, I, I think the interim coordinator was just, you know, lipstick on a pig, to be honest with you. I think, you know, when once the South Carolina game happened, most people around the program, including myself, thought, okay – Firing Grantham and firing Hevesy was just a, hey, let's see if we can salvage a little bit out of this season and, and get to a bowl game and make things a little bit better. And, you know, if something happens and the program looks completely different, then, hey, Dan can stay. If not, uh, coaching change. And then after the Sanford game, it was pretty much, okay, this is going to be a coaching search. The question was this going to be, would it be after the Missouri game or would it be after the Florida State game? And, and then once you've seen how bad the Missouri game was, there was, just, there was no reason not to get a head start on the coaching search and to get going. I mean, again, you have Florida State. You don't need to be motivated for Florida State if you're a player. Why didn't it work? Um, arrogance, I think is the biggest word. Um, you know, when, when a coach doesn't believe that uh, he has anything wrong, uh, when, he, when he can't admit mistakes and, and take responsibility for mistakes, um, that happens. Uh, his loyalty to certain members of his coaching staff and, and not getting rid of those uh, to better the program. Uh, recruiting, uh, when, when your best player in your recruiting class this year is the 20th ranked player in the state of Florida, it's not a recipe to win. Um, and, you know, when you're an offensive-minded guy and your offense is struggling mightily, not a recipe for uh, for wins there. You know, I think Scott Strickland kind of hit the nail on the head when he said, you know, no matter when we were winning or losing, we always seen that there was problems going on that were going to unravel sooner or later. And I think that speaks for just how much of a cluster it was behind the scenes. It, now, it, we can just talk about Dan Mullen and specific games and decisions to sort of understand, but it's done now, so it doesn't really matter. But I do want to ask you, um, where did the aggressiveness go? Against Alabama, there was an opportunity to keep the ball. He's like, eh, I'm going to punt. Against Missouri, I'm going to punt. Um, it just it, – it was not the – even before the half, uh, let's not really try to run the ball. I mean, let's not try to really score. And even before the overtime, the same sort of thing. Um, when did when did this become the Dan Mullen um, that that was real? Because I didn't remember that being the Dan Mullen from Starkville. Um, when he when he didn't have talent, um, you know, when his uh, offense and you know, I, I I love Emory Jones. I think Emory Jones is a great person, a great kid. Um, 
for whatever reason, Dan Mullen did not trust Emory Jones. Um, he did not trust Anthony Richardson, uh, and his offense line was really bad. And so I, I think once he realized, okay, I'm very handcuffed here. Um, I'm handcuffing my quarterbacks here. Um, and play not to lose is, is what happened. Um, you know, I kind of go back to that LSU game last year, and, and I, I pinpointed this a lot. And when, he, when he decided Kyle Pitts wouldn't play in that game, and, and Kyle Pitts was 80 to 85% healthy for most people. So there was, you know, there's some injury there, but what player's not injured in game nine of the season? Yep. Uh, a lot of people said that he basically said, we can win this game without Kyle Pitts. And that motto came, and, and that mindset continued at the Oklahoma game in the Cotton Bowl. And, and it even continued in the Alabama game. After the game, several people told us, well, well, Coach Mullen said he didn't play Anthony because we're going to see Alabama again in the SEC championship game. You can't look ahead like that. That mindset that you had trickled down to your players, and that mindset just took over your program, and it showed two losses to LSU, a loss to South Carolina, uh, a Sanford game that should have never been close, a Missouri game that you looked terrible in. That mindset just continued. It never went away. Wrapping up with Andrew Spivey. Get him on Twitter at Andrew Spivey GC. That's GatorCountry.com. I've given my opinion. I think Florida's an outstanding job to have if you're a head football coach. Uh, if there are folks who look at it and go, mm, I don't know if they can attract who they want, if they're talking about whether dysfunction or facilities or, I mean, what would someone be talking about? Because I've heard it, and I ain't got the specifics, but I've heard, oh, it may not be all that it's cracked up to be. It's, you know, what might they be talking about? Yeah, we'll, we'll start with the, 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 the negatives like you're talking about. There's a tremendous amount of expectations at the University of Florida. You're expected to win SEC championship games. You're expected to recruit uh, top five recruiting classes, and you're expected to win national championships. That's hard. Kirby Smart's building a heck of a program in Athens. Nick Saban's building uh, has built a heck of a program in Tuscaloosa. It's tough. The fan pressure is tough. That uh, the the administration is tough. Uh, the good thing is you have a new football facility that's about to be opened here in the spring. You have tremendous amount of financial support. Uh, you have a hotbed in recruiting. Uh, so there's, there's good and bad. But you have to understand that when you come in, the expectations are for you to win and win early and win big and win consistently. And I get that it's unfair. Only Urban Meyer's done it in the last 15 years. Yep. But that's expectations that in any SEC program, in my opinion, uh, it's just amped up a little bit at the University of Florida. If if I asked you about the, you know, like Florida State, for instance, uh, there was questions after, well, we just, you know, blew out Willie, so I guess we're kind of stuck with Mike Norvell or whomever. You know, you have situations where you've already, quote, made a mistake and had to pay off a coach. Um, are there any of those concerns at Florida? Because, honestly, I don't know and I have not heard one way or the other as far as ability to attract a, a, a the, the kind of coach Florida would hire and staff, multi-year contracts, guarantees, all that. I would say no uh, from, from talking to a lot of people. Um, now, whether that's, you know, just a little ego that they're at the University of Florida or not, uh, they believe they can pay uh, whoever it is, and, and they believe that, you know, they made a mistake, and that's why the buyout of $12 million for Dan Mullen yep. was raised in 72 hours wow. uh, because they were ready to get it done. Uh, and they don't believe from everyone I've talked to that there's a coach out there that they can't figure out 
the, the amount of money for. We know that was the case in the D.C. job. Uh, you know, Dan Mullen was told when he, when he was going to get to hire a new D.C. last year, money's not an option. So I don't think so. Um, I think the biggest thing is finding somebody in this program who can come in, calm things down, get some continuity, and get some structure back inside this building. Andrew, last thing, how real is uh, Bob Stoops? Very real, and just because of what I just said. Uh, he's a guy that would come in, bring instant credibility to the office, uh, would bring instant credibility in the recruiting department. Uh, and obviously you would know that, hey, he's probably there four or five years, and then he's probably going to ride up to the sunset. You would hope he could bring in a young assistant to groom uh, to be ready to take that job and then just hand over the powers to him. Uh, and there's just a lot of support. Steve Spurrier still pulls a lot of strings. Jeremy Foley still pulls a lot of strings. They love Bob Stoops. And, I can't say this time it's a bad it's a bad decision to be thinking about him. He would bring continuity to this program that really needs it. Like we said, four coaching searches in the last ten years. You need something. Do you have any inkling, any opinion, what's going to happen Saturday against Seminoles? I think they show up. I, I do. I, I, this is a team that that is is wanting a bowl game. I've heard many people say we didn't get a good bowl experience last year because there wasn't one. We want to go to a bowl game, so I, I think they show up for sure. I, I think they showed up in the Missouri game for the most part. Uh, I think this is going to come out and be a good game. Uh, I don't think Florida State's very good either. I think both of these teams are just okay teams. Uh, I think you'll see a team come out motivated, trying to get to a bowl game. Uh, the question will be: Is how's the play calling? Billy Gonzalez. Garrett McGee are going to call plays. Neither one of them has called plays. Um, how does that work? Um, we'll see. How does Greg Knox make a call? I mean, he's been an interim coach before. Uh, big game situation. How does he do as the interim uh, head coach? All right. Well, I appreciate it as always, brother. Thanks for the insight. You got it, Chuck. Take care. All right. Andrew Spivey again, Gator Country. Uh, Garrett McGee, I've talked about him before. He's a pretty good coach, a quarterback's coach um, and play caller, and he's got experience doing that. He was head coach at UAB for about 15 minutes. Um, could have been head coach, I, be, I think, at Arkansas. But anyway, um, yeah, so Bob Stoops could be the next head coach. That's that's real. Bob Stoops is 61, and Bob Stoops, he has been gone from that job longer than you realize. Dan, didn't he leave after the Rose Bowl? 2017, before the season even started. So Rose Bowl oh, was – that's right. He left in the off season. He did. I mean, he left like a month before the season even got started. That's right. He just, you know what? It might have been like the end of May, beginning of June. He's like, yeah, I'm not going to coach anymore. What? Um, now, it wasn't, you know, left in the lurch because he had hired Lincoln Riley to come over and fix the offense. And boy, how. Um, but 61. And so he's had the 17, 18, 19, 20. He's had five years off, except for he was coaching in Dallas, the AAF for about 15 minutes as well. So as I would understand this, if UF hires Bob Stoops, this is, this is the pitch. This is what we need from you, Bob. All right, we're going to give you, you know, five years and $40 million, every dollar of it guaranteed the minute you sign the contract. And we have no expectation you'll have your next guy waiting, et cetera. All right, well, that's $40 million for me. What do I have to do for you? Oh, this is easy, Bob. Uh, in the next five years, win a national championship, possibly two, and also identify the next Lincoln Riley uh, again. That's all. We need you to win at least one national championship and then for a second time identify another national championship caliber head coach. That's all. 
I, I, I don't know what the draw – I'm not saying – I don't know what the draw is. The draw is $40 million and I'm head coach at Florida, and I can win there, and that's the draw. I don't know what the draw is to Bob Stoops because he – you know, everything I just said, the money, he's already got money. That's more, but he already has money. Uh, he can win. He's already won. Fame and importance and – he's had all of that. He's had all that at Gainesville. The kick in the pants for Florida – the toughest part here is there's only a certain number of coaches, a certain group that you can actually hire if you're a program like Florida. Now more college football talk with the king of college football. It's the Chuck Oliver Show on Southern Sports Today. We continue all week, all year. It's all college football on the Chuck Oliver Show. And we're going to talk with Dave Barr, too, because there's just so dang much going on when it comes to coaching openings around college football. From CFP Matrix, it is Dave Barr, too. Dave, how are you today, man? Busy? Yeah, I, I am doing fine. The hair is on fire. I had a hurricane. But, look, you can't mention any more head coaches' names on your show when I'm on because the next week they get fired. So, no, so no more mentioning coaches' names. Yeah, and it wasn't even Chip <laughs> Lindsey. Uh, we talked to Ann Mullen a week ago. And, you know, before you came on, let's just start there. And it, we could spin the wheel and land anywhere. We'll start at UF. Um, mm-hmm. I said before you came on that one of the problems, you know, quote problems, is a program like UF, there are only so many coaches you can hire. There's only so much of a caliber of coach you can hire. Is that true, though? I mean, does it have to be a proven head coach with track record of success, or can they go get Billy Napier or Luke Fickle from a lower level? Well, they could, right? But it's all risk, right? You you, you have fan emotional risk. You have booster emotional risk. Um, you know, if it doesn't work out, you know, is, is, that, is that the best guy available? Um, you know, a Luke Fickle, cool. He's done unbelievable at Cincinnati, right? I mean, the recruiting arc is there. The year-over-year offensive and defensive scoring efficiency numbers are there. It's all right there. He's got no experience in the SEC or the Southeast. And you're trying, and, and and people people are universally saying Dan is fired more so because of the recruiting than the the performance on the field, and and, he, and he's recruiting in the top twelve, you know. So if you're going to bring in a Luke Fickle, could you, you could could yeah. you stop there? Uh, recruiting, yeah. how what what is the real and what is the perceived when it comes? Because that was the big question. Hey, he never really recruited in Starkville. He has to at UF. You know, does he understand that? What was a normal Florida recruiter over the last five, ten, fifteen, twenty years, and what has Dan Mullen been? Well, um, the 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 pre McElwain because McElwain was was really subpar. Okay, uh, when Dan took over Florida, I had him ranked 18th in talent. Coming into this season, I had him at 11. So he moved the needle. He recruited, okay. but way better than McElwain. Now, the the years before Jim McElwain, so the Ron Zook years, the Camp uh, years, the Urban Meyer years, their average class was 7.9. Okay, so everybody on Twitter and social media going, man, whoever has to come in Florida needs to be a top five recruiter. They've never done that. So you, you, you need somebody that's going to out-recruit Will Muschamp, Bronzuk, and Urban Meyer. That's your expectation. Dude, go home, you're drunk. 
<laughs> you know. So, and then you have Florida academics. You can't compare Florida admissions to Georgia or Alabama or LSU. Different right? place. I mean, that's just just a, just a fact of the matter. It's Michigan, right? right? It's, it's like, the same sort of thing. It, it, it's North Carolina. Carolina. Right? It, it's just harder. Yeah. And that's the way it is. And it's limiting. And, and when you start wanting to recruit at the elite level, you know, you start bringing in limiting variables. You can't set your expectations high. So now part of um, – so maybe Dan wasn't the greatest – Recruiter, okay. We know he wasn't, you know, um, but he did well, I believe, at Florida in terms of the numbers. The needle moved, you know. I mean, it took Dabo twelve years to get Clemson into the top ten to to win a national title. Florida was maybe another year or two away from from being in the top ten. But I digress because that's water under the bridge at this point. So the question now becomes: Is who? Do you hire that is proven to recruit at an elite level and win big games? Because it's going to take a big game coach to beat Georgia and Alabama with any relative consistency, right? Because that's part of the reason why Dan got fired. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. you could, two people are like, oh, well, we can't recruit well enough to beat Georgia. You are never going to recruit well enough to uh, – you're never going to out-recruit Georgia or Alabama, especially with Kirby and Nick there. It's never going to happen. That's so horrifying you, for you to say, not only about a school in Florida, no, the <laughs> University of Florida in Florida. That's horrifying. Well, the, the better the better chance for recruiting, out-recruiting those guys or at an even level would be Florida State, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's the better. That's the better recruiter over the last decades. A better recruiter over the last twenty years. A better recruiter over the last thirty years. In fact, I, I dare mean, say it, it, I don't know this, and you can you've got ones and zeros there. But I dare say yeah. that Mark Richt, Georgia under Mark Richt, was probably shoulder to shoulder recruiting wise with Florida. If not, they were a little behind, but not well, they much. They're ahead. They're ahead. Wow, Georgia was always ahead of Florida in recruiting on on, on really? numbers. Yes. So, you know, it's kind of like, you know, now Kirby's turned a corner. Obviously, the recruiting's better. I had him number one coming into this this season. Yeah, now, they're ahead of everybody two. now. They're... Right, you know. So, so, but but it was always there. You, you look at the 20-year profile of recruiting uh, over the last – well, the last twenty years, you look at you look at the all the teams. Um, you're looking at the top of the pile for twenty years: Florida State, uh, Georgia, uh, USC, LSU, Ohio State. Um, now, Alabama, pre Nick Saban, they were they were a mid teens recruiter. So yeah, that's when uh, that's when my school beat them six straight years, and so yeah. then that ended. <laughs> right. So, but when you're looking at Flor- the Florida job. Right, you're the expectations are elite recruiting. They, they've done it. You can do it. But, yeah. but the expectation is now you got to beat Alabama and Georgia in this current. It's it, 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 they fired the guy with the third best winning percentage of Florida. So I mean, how many guys can you think of out there are both elite recruiters? Bob Stoops and have won the big games. Bob Stoops. You prove it. Win. This is the guy. Does the guy even exist? It's Bob Stoops. Is that about it? Um, Urban Myers in the NFL. <laughs> right. As far as unemployed guys or guys at a right. lower level than Florida, there's like three guys you can hire. 
That's the problem. That's what I said. That's the kick in the pants when you're Florida. If that's the ch- checklist, there's like three people you can hire, like Bear Bryant back from the grave, uh, Bob Stoops, and then bring Urban Meyer in from Jacksonville. Um, yeah, maybe Tom Osborne needs to relocate to the South, right? Oh my I goodness. mean, shoot. I mean, wait, it, that, that's the difficulty of it. Can I ask really, you when it comes right down to it? Are, are, are you involved at all in this one, or can you talk candidly? I cannot talk candidly, and I can't really talk candidly about any of them simply from the standpoint of— Oh, there's so much cross-pollination. Any, there, I, yeah. Right, and, and at any point, we could get involved. You know, it's when something, you know, happens— It's good to be um, Dave. We've, it's, it's, it is fun. It is fun. It, it actually have gotten emotional about college football for the first time in years. You told us about a month ago, you're like, dude, there's a hurricane coming. And then last week, I think that there were 11 openings, and uh, you said that off air, I think you said off air, that you were already involved in 17 different conversations. I was like, but there aren't 17 openings, and you said yet. Um, this is just kicking off. Tell you what, Dave, we're going to take a quick break, come back, and uh, bounce around from this job to that one. Uh, that's next with Dave Bartu. He is CFB Matrix. to Southern Sports Today and the Chuck Oliver Show. Chuck Oliver Show continuing on a Monday. Talking with Dave Bartu. He is CFB Matrix, and he's involved, folks. Um, Dave, I'm going to give a description, then you can tell people any additional information, then also how to get in touch with you. Uh, when there are, are relationships involved, when you're going to add a person or subtract a person, what is the possible slash likely outcome, whether it's a coach, player, administrator, whatever it is, anything doing with college football um, and hiring, firing, bringing folks together, Dave can give you a version of how that may look in the future. Uh, Dave? Exactly. Tell stories with numbers, set the bar, set expectations, or depending on uh, who I'm representing, maybe sell somebody. Right, help a coach yep. get a job, help an agent get his guy placed. Um, but whatever it is, the text line, the phone line is always open nine seven one two one seven eighty four nineteen. So Florida is now open, and I was talking just at last week about how Virginia Tech. The tough part is that you're the fifth best job now. Well, you're now you're the sixth best job. Uh, let's talk about some of those maybe a little further down the list. Uh, Troy, I've always thought Troy is a good enough job to have. Um, in that I think you can win there. There are some players available, et cetera, et cetera. Chip Lindsey out after three years. Um, any opinion about the Troy job? I agree with you. I, I think there's opportunity there. But, you know, something with, with a lot of the programs um, in, in that conference, you have opportunity to prove yourself because that's where, to me, that's where coaches are developed is in, is in that group of five because you're never going to recruit at a high level. Um, you can recruit better. You can show that you can recruit and change the numbers, but uh, effectively you have to learn how to coach down there. Uh, so, yeah, I, I just uh, – the Troy job, look at uh, look what Billy Napier has done with Louisiana. Yeah. You know, um, he's, at the, he's at the top of a lot of lists, whether real or just discussed, uh, but for good reason. 
You know, he, he's recruited above average for Louisiana. He's performed offensively and defensively well above average. He's cycled through OCs and DCs and maintained performance. I mean, everything you'd want. So, you know, to me, a job like Troy is really no different than Louisiana. Here you go. And it's great taking over something where the expectations are not through the roof. You know, they don't expect Troy to be a top five recruiter instantly. So, uh, you know, it gives you a chance to come in and prove yourself. So, uh, I would imagine there will be uh, a nice long list of guys uh, for Troy to consider for that spot. I want to know uh, about FIU as a specific, but in general, there's a scenario where it's, quote, not a good job. And if Butch Davis, if 30% of what he said about FIU is true, um, then it's not a good job. It's probably not a real healthy, uh, in energizing environment for a coach to, let's be honest, either wrap up his career or begin his career. And that's sort of the question. You know, anybody that Florida would consider, Dave, um, that guy's going to have options, including with Bob Stoops, the option to do nothing. Um, that's the level. The <laughs> level of coach that UF or LSU considers, they have all kinds of options. The coach that FIU considers – there is a very good chance he has no other option. He's either 30, and this is the only place that will give him a head job, or he's Butch Davis, he's 60, and they're calling him out of retirement. So do you ever see situations like this where you know this might not be a great choice, but this guy has no other choices? Right, or this is the only choice the university has to the, the lining yeah. out the door to, to sign up. to. Co- yeah, yeah, that was the stuff that Butch sent out on FIU. How many, how many guys just got crossed off the list when they read that? Yeah, exactly. See, Butch is at the you point, know? he don't care. Butch Butch didn't no. think he would have this job, much less another one. No, and, and he's and at this point of his career, he's about not about to let uh, the last thing people remember is him doing crappy at FIU without yeah. telling people that it's impossible to do well there because yep. it is crappy. So and then and then on top of it, you got guys like us on regional radio surrounding FIU saying, hey, it's a crappy job. You hear what Bush talked about? It builds on itself. So I, I agree with you. With FIU is who do you find to take that job? Um, because if, if it really is like that, how are you going to excel? How are you going? You know, you have a better chance of proving yourself probably at Troy than you do at FIU right now based on what's been laid before us. Final pro, uh, program I want to ask you about. And the reason, like, we're on in Tuscaloosa and Gainesville and a bunch of, you know, the reason that this is important to those schools is because they may hire your linebackers coach or your running backs coach or your coordinator. Akron, for instance. Um, uh-huh. Is this best to get a young go-getter who can recruit and is tireless and, and, and et cetera? Uh, or is it better to say, you know what, in the MAC? Everybody kind of looks the same, so let's get an X's and O's guru. Do you have an opinion about that, or is it different for every every case? Uh, well, with Akron, I mean, you have uh, one of four MAC teams in the state, right? Uh, you got no money. Uh, facilities, nah. I, I think Akron falls in the FIU of, well, how many, how many guys – that uh, have a beating heart are applying for the job because it is a really, really tough job. I don't, I don't think Akron really is in the position to say, I want to focus on a play caller versus a recruiter. Uh, I, I think you got to just go best available. It's going to be a small list. You're going to have to take probably a big risk. That's UMass uh, and Don and- Brown. He'll take the job. 
Donald take the job. Look, Donald's two years away from full retirement in yeah. the state of Massachusetts, take right? The job. You know, yeah, they're like, well, he's going to take it for less money. Cool, and he's going to he's going to get full state of Massachusetts retirement. He'll take the job. You know, now UMass they can change the outlook on the program if they can get, let's say, a conference USA. If they can go off of independence and into a conference, now you're going to have – because Don ain't going to be there forever, obviously. He's there to stabilize and try to get the program headed in the right direction. So you got two to three years of Don, so you got to be looking forward above where are we going to be, how can we capitalize on this. Uh, so, you know, but, but it's kind of a no-brainer for them, bring back a guy who is successful, that the fans like, that the boosters like. Uh, to, to push them forward and it's taking less money again, like Akron, not a lot of money there. So to me, that is a really good, safe risk for UMass as they try to move forward. All right. Last program I want to ask you about last situation. And you, obviously we know you're located West coast. Uh, you understand academics. You understand uh, that there's always more than just on field record, especially at a place like Stanford. Um, what gets what gets David Shaw fired at Stanford? What what causes what motivates Stanford to say we're going to have a new head coach? I this year, I mean it's bad, man. I mean I I I think David lost it, and and you know it being the keeping up with how football is coached. I I, I don't I, I he feels like it's Gary Patterson. Right, wow. keep waiting for the big year. I mean, how, how long have we been waiting for a big year from Stanford? Yeah. And they stopped playing defense, five, which they always did. Right, but well, but they were also good at offense. This was a team that David Shaw and Armstrong, offense and defense. Even though they played slow, their efficiency. They had great years. They had some phenomenal years. It is amazing the years they put up. And then they had a bad year, and I'm like, oh, dude, look at the grades. They're going to bounce back. Oh, look at the grades. They're going to bounce back this year. Oh, no, fourth year's the charm. They're going to bounce. Mm-hmm. Damn it. Right? And I keep saying, I keep, we kept saying the same thing about Gary Patterson, and he never bounced back, and he never bounced back. And finally, after six years of not bouncing back, they cut him loose. So right now, Shaw, to me, Shaw is right there with Gary Patterson. It has been four or five. I can't remember off the top of my head. We'd have to look back. It's been four or five, probably not six, probably about five years since David Shaw's had a David Shaw season. Yep. And at some point we got to go, it's gone and it's never coming back. And we got to realize that and move there's, on. There's always, I don't think it's very far. Yeah. There's always a lag, man. Tennessee. It was like, wait a minute. This is not just a head, a Butch Jones problem. This is what this program is. Um, mm-hmm. And Stanford, it just really, really has surprised me because you're, you're right. There's wins and losses. And it's like, um, you, you know, how many one score losses or what well, Stanford has bad football. And that's like, I watch games that I'm not even involved in. I don't care in it at all, but I'm like, play it, do the easy stuff. Well, you know, um, and it really surprised me because it's just bad football out there. Dave, uh, again, appreciate you coming on every single week, dude. We will do it again next week. Happy Thanksgiving, brother. Talk to you next week. Same to you. Dave Bartu. He is college football matrix. And so <clears throat> we had, I think it was 11 openings when we talked to Dave last week. And it was all fair. In fact, Dan had relayed this to me because he was talking with Bartu. And it was because I was looking at my notes. And there were seven, Dave was involved in 17 conversations. I was like, but there's not 17. I was like, oh, yeah. Well, now there's a few more. And I mean, I'm asking about a job like Stanford. Could they move on from David Shaw? We're saying that because we don't live in Palo Alto.
because we don't there's something i call the peter king theory peter king we all know peter king nbc he's with nbc right still i believe so yeah, yeah. so long history at sports illustrated i believe going back well he know he, he as far as national nfl writers and an information guy he's not like jay glazer who tries to break stuff all the time peter king's just man he's connected knows so much about the nfl if i am talking to someone right now who lives in pensacola florida you know more about the jags than peter king does now peter king knows more about every other team if you're listening in baton rouge you know more about the saints peter king knows more about everybody that's the whole thing there's a stanford fan who knows more about that program than i will ever know about the cardinal or you or any because we're over in i don't mississippi or tennessee or south carolina somewhere and we're going david shaw you could fire him and that's the conversation that the Stanford guy or gal was having in 2017 going, they could fire David Shaw, couldn't they? And it wasn't really a question. It was kind of a, hey, they could fire David, couldn't they? We don't, because we just, oh, no, they're good and solid and they're disciplined. Foot. No, they're not. They're hard. And they don't play any sort of defense at all. So... Uh, when he said, yeah, he's forgot. Well, he doesn't know what football is today. That's absolute. That's a, that's really close to what I was thinking as I've watched Stanford play a couple of games this year. They have one big win this year. What's up, Dan? Hopefully everybody uh, is already off to a great start for their holiday week. Uh, by the way, speaking of Stanford, I don't think that there is a single program out there because they are going to be playing against Stanford this weekend. That is Notre Dame. And I saw something on Monday that really, you know, it caught my eye. And that is Brian Kelly talking about his plans for after the game. And some people might say, well, coach, you need to get ready. You might be finding your way into the college football playoff. I think he will. If indeed that does come to fruition. I, the part that really struck me is they asked for, his plans and he said yeah i'm going to stay out west and i'm going to recruit there are not many programs like notre dame out there where a lot of them do have the built-in recruiting base and i'm sure yeah they still want to recruit the chicago land area and indiana and everything of the such the west coast means everything to notre dame when you factor in the players that have come from california now even arizona with phoenix becoming the city that it is and that's what he says he's going to do he is going to stay out there and then go to texas and be able to try to make a final push in recruiting that again there's not many programs that can walk into a building and people say oh hey that's brian kelly that's notre dame yeah of course ryan day does that Dabo sweeney nick saban all these different ones but when it comes to being able to have that cachet nationally there's not many that can do it like notre dame and he's living up to it he's bringing it back is what it is uh and he's making it current um it's not just about joe montana and because the kids don't know that they know oh yeah notre dame they've been in the playoffs they win don't they they got big home crowds wraps it up on a monday folks be back tomorrow with more college football conversation on the chuck oliver show it's time for today's lucky land horoscope with victoria cash life's gotten mundane so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to lucky land you know what they say your chance to win starts with a spin so go to luckylandslots.com to play over 100 social casino style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, only prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.